listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back to the show. This week we've got a stellar lineup for you. Trucking legend Rod Hanafy joins us to talk about fines, EWDs and interpretation of the laws. Later on in Something to Talk About, Trevor Warner chats to Mike about getting a bit of extra length to sleeper cabs to allow long distance drivers a bit more space for some of the necessary comforts needed on the long hauls. We introduce you to a couple of Irish buskers that'll knock your socks off, along with an updated version of a classic trucking song, plus our regular news segment and a whole lot more. So to kick us off this week, you've all heard of Where's Wally? Well, we have the answer to the question everyone's asking, Where's Kermy? G'day Kermie, I just thought I'd give you a bit of a ring check in on you mate, make sure you're still on the planet because you're not on Facebook, what's going on? <laughs> Hello mate, well what's going on, it would appear that I've been mistaken for Rupert Murdoch. Well you look a bit like him. <laughs> oh, you don't. I, I won't take that as a compliment, thanks. <laughs> I haven't got that many wrinkles yet and I'm nowhere near as rich. Uh... Yeah, I've been put off air so to speak. Right. I'm a victim of the two ins and froings between, well, I would suggest Rupert and Nine and Seven and yep. the government and opposition. Yep. And on the other side, Facebook. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm here along with probably 100,000 other small little Facebook pages like I mm. have. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not happy. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Now, as I said, mate, I am very unhappy with Facebook. They've gone about this the wrong way and... That's a problem when any of these groups get too big, they think they own the world, and the small man is lost out in the middle. Yeah. So at the moment, trucking with Kermie mm. <laughs> doesn't exist. I don't know why I'm laughing, because uh, yeah. if I don't, mate, I'll probably cry. Well, it's, it's still on the web, though, isn't it? It's on the web, but when my son Steve set this whole thing up for me, yeah. he said, Dad, he said 10% of your followers through the web, yeah. and you're going to get 90% through Facebook, and that's exactly what it is. I've got, I think, about 93% of my following is through Facebook because yeah. that's where everyone goes. It's, it's convenient. It's in your hand. You can look at it anywhere on your phone, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So i just got to take a deep breath and, and hold. I mean, the other thing with Facebook is try and contact them, mate. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I spent 24 hours trying to find where I could send a message to them. I finally did, got an automated response, and then they actually came back to me. And I actually looked at that this morning when I woke up, and I thought, hey, you beauty. <laughs> mm. And they said, press here. So I pressed where they said to, and it took me back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, as well as being very peed off, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> but look, as I said, I'm, look, I'm a small fish. I'm sure I'll be back, and I would ask your listeners to yeah. just bear with me. And when it does come back, I'm sure they'll get notification that, well, they certainly will from me saying, hey, here I yeah. am. Yeah, and from me, yeah. Meantime, mate, I'm talking to you, so well, there's a bit of profile that's happening for me, and I thank you for the call from that that's point right. of view. It's all right, mate. Talking of which, mm -hmm. you might be interested in this. mate of mine I befriended through trucking with Kermie called Mike Murchison. Yes. And he's the Canadian truckie. He uh, actually has taken a week off to record a couple of songs. 
but he's out there driving normally in, in 18 to 30 degrees below zero. So I had a chat with him the other day, mm. and your, your listeners may be interested in hearing what he had to say. So I'll edit that up, and I'll send it through to Andy, and you might like to pop that up at some stage. I think we shall, mate. I think we shall. We're always interested in what's going on in other places of the world. It's always an interesting just to find out from an idle curiosity point of view, isn't it? Yeah, can you imagine our guys having to throw chains on their tyres? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is very keen to emigrate to Australia, I think. I think he might be. Yeah. <laughs> mate, good to hear you. Thanks for calling me. I appreciate it. That's it's right, it's nice to know that people care and are thinking about you. And with that scene, I have nothing else to do. I'm in the middle of sawing up a, a wine barrel to make a couple of flower pots out of, so I might go back and sweat on that one. They're going to be big <laughs> flower pots, mate. What are you growing down there, palm trees? <laughs> That's Rita's job, mate, not mine. <laughs> All right. Lots of daisies. <laughs> Petunias, I think, is the go, isn't it? Don't yeah, ask me, mate. Something like that. I'm not the gardener. I just move the stones and chop trees down and cut barrels in half. <laughs> All I know is I've got to ring the bank manager for authority before the missus goes to the garden centre at Bunnings. That's all I know. <laughs> we have the reverse problem. My wife doesn't go to Bunnings very often, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> so... All things being equal, mate, you'll be back on air soon, but until then, they can get you on the web page. That's right, isn't it? They can, mate. All they got to do is type in truckingwithkermy.com, mm. and that'll take them to the website, and if they haven't been on that before, it'll pop up and ask them to subscribe. Yeah. And like the Facebook, it's free. It doesn't cost them anything. Lovely work. If they do that, then they'll get notifications via email rather than via Facebook. So yeah. just the way that news services are, are doing it through their websites, um, I can too, but I need people to come on board. So please, folks, help me out. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Mate, thank you very much. It's good of you to call. No worries, Kami. Catch you on the road. Cheers, mate. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. Radio. <laughs> Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. From the soundtrack to the movie Black Dog, here's Red Akins with his remake of the Eddie Rabbit hit, Driving My Life Away. On a rainy night, steep grade up ahead, slow me down, making no time. But I gotta keep a rolling. Those windshield wipers slapping out of tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the radio. Yeah, I gotta keep a rolling. Ooh, I'm driving my
Hanafi is out in the big truck ride industry vehicle heading out towards Mount Isa and I just thought I'd hit him on the hands free for a bit of a chat. How are you going out there today Rod? Yeah not too bad mate, I haven't got my trailers today, I've got two different ones on, on my way out to Rome to pick up a third. I only just left Brisbane mate, I had to have a 24 hour break, get a couple of tyres done before I left. Alright eh, no worries. So you're going to go out there and swing a big one mate? Yes I do. Wow, how long is that going to take you think? Oh, it should be Mount Isa Monday. I hope to get out of there Tuesday, Brisbane Thursday, home Friday, maybe Saturday, with a little bit of luck. We will go. Right, eh? Oh, well, watch out for all the little tadar lizards, mate. Have you seen the tadar lizards, have you? No, mate, no. They're new. <laughs> They're the little tan ones, and you see them running across the road, and they put their front leg up, and they sort of wave at you. Ah, oh, right, okay. Oh, plenty of wildlife out here, but they're not been them for a while. <laughs> well, I used to get up to Mount Isa occasionally and some of the kids would point out these lizards and they called them Tadar lizards because it was like they were waving bye-bye to you as they were walking across the hot cement, you know. Ah, righto. Trip I did to Port Edland came across a, uh, a bull standing in the middle of the lane and that gave me quite a thrill with the triple on. <laughs> Wakes you up, mate. Makes you sit up straight in the seat, that sort of thing. Well, yes, yes, and the bloke that was in the bunk, he came out of the bunk and said exactly what I did, oh, bugger, or words to that effect. <laughs> yep. So that was a good thing. Yeah, I had a mate of mine that I, I went to up across the paddock with a couple of times, my old mate Colin Stephen, and 
he uh, he slammed the brakes on out there one night to miss a camel, and I come flying out of the bunk wanting to know what the hell was going on. Yeah. <laughs> so what I rang you up for, mate, I saw you a bit there in Big Rigs earlier in the week. Constable Plod's done the wrong thing, you reckon? It's funny in that you would like to think, and we all agree, that if you do the wrong thing, that a fine is a disincentive to do it again. Yep. But the law, whilst we understand it is technically black and white, yep. there are two points. The first is that the intent of NHBR at the moment, they tell us, mm. is to use the law to improve education and enforcement. Yes. And that means that if you do something that is minor or in no way related to road safety, you should be more likely to get a warning. Mm. And then I think most blokes will accept that in good faith and will then treat the people giving those warnings out fairly as well. Now, if you do something seriously wrong, you expect to be slapped on the wrist or, you know, depending on how bad it is, to get a big fine. Mm. And then it's also how, because the police are not under the control of the NHVR, so they're not beholden to them as the, I suppose, overseers of the heavy vehicle national law, mm. they can and do, as I'm sure you and many of your listeners are well aware, interpret the law as it suits them. Yes. Now, I got pulled up. He went back until he found something. And, of course, I'd started at 8 o'clock at night. Mm. He went over the page of a logbook, went through till 2.15 and said, you've done six and a quarter hours. And I said, oh, I don't think so. And I said, look, I've, you know, if you check my record, this will be my first offence. He said, no, it won't. So I've never had a logbook offence in 30 years. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a goody two-shoes. I don't make any claim to be perfect or better. Mm. But as you said at the start, mate, I'm in a vehicle that you can't hide in, mm. that you can't be seen to do the wrong thing because that would completely defeat the purpose of the exercise. Yes. And whilst I don't want to go out there and look good, I've got to comply and I've got to be genuine and I've got to get the job done and I've got to deal with both the authorities and other drivers and I am you know, help a lot of them where I can. But anyway, I said to my mate, I said, look, I've got an EWD in, in the truck. It's not an approved one yet because it's still one of the Sentinel ones. Yeah. I'm happy to show you that. That'll back up what I'm saying. And, of course, he just said, no, you're going to take it to mail. And he was a pretty surly sort of a bloke, and I don't think that was necessary. I certainly wasn't rude in any way. Yeah. And when he left, I went and looked at the book, and I thought, hang on, I've written Euroa and the kilometres at midnight on that day. Yeah. And then I've written it on the next page. Yes. Now, you don't write that if you don't stop. <laughs> yeah. If you don't stop for at least 15 minutes, you can't write it down as a break anyway. Yeah. So then I've gone back to my EWD. I have a, I've taken a photograph of it showing I stopped at 11.57 to 12.12. Yeah. So I've had a 15-minute break. Yes. I've sent photocopies of the logbook pages showing that I wrote your row in. Therefore, I've had a break. Yes. And yes, by all means, he can ping me for a clerical error in not putting the 15 minutes in, but I've shown in two separate formats that I had a break, so I wrote and asked for a review, yeah. and they said no. Wow. And I don't think that's fair and reasonable, so now if I want to find it, I have to go to court. Yes. And do you think that's a good use of our court system? I certainly don't. No, I don't think it's a good use of the system either. And I suppose the fine is such, though, that... It's probably at a level where it's cheaper for you to pay it than take the time off to go to court too. Not happening, mate. It's yeah. four hundred and fifty-three dollars. Yep. 
I will happily accept a hundred and seventy dollar fine for a clerical error, and I'll wear that on the chin. Yep. But I will not pay five hundred dollars when he can interpret the law to suit himself, and he has no overview. So there are two things that I am following up on now. Yes. I don't know whether you're aware, mate, but in Western Australia, the police have no jurisdiction to police transport law. Yeah, I had heard that, but I wasn't hundred yep. percent sure of it. Yeah. And, and only the, their own authorities are able to do that. And I believe, unless the police will be held accountable to NHBR, mm. that they should not have the right to police transport law either. They're not all trained in it. Yeah. They don't understand it. They do certainly interpret it to suit themselves at times. And as you say, a lot of the time it's, well, you live in Brisbane, I caught you in Melbourne, you're not going to spend all that money to fight it, so I've got you anyway. Yeah. And again... Do we deserve that? No. no. Do we deserve to be treated and, and unjustly serviced when no one else in the community really suffers that fate? Mm. And I'm going to make up a list, and you wouldn't credit it, within two days of sort of talking about this, I've already had two other blokes. So mine's in New South Wales, and it's just out of Dubbo, so it should be a home court appearance. Yes. One in Queensland and one in Victoria. And guess what? Yeah. They're all police. And they've all pinged blokes for fines that they have misinterpreted to either increase the risk or, and one of them, mate, bloke got a ticket written out. Yeah. And he got the ticket in the mail. The only thing right on it was his name. Right. The rego was wrong. The location was wrong. His address wrong. Yeah. And, of course, he said, well, I think you should withdraw the ticket. What did they say? Let us correct that and reissue it. That's exactly right. But you and I can't make a mistake, and I can't see how that's justified. And I will keep jumping up and down until I get people to listen. Yeah, well, you know, I think you're 100% correct, Rod. I mean, we're being held to a shocking double standard, if that's the case. Yes. So, mate, any of your listeners, I'm happy for you to pass on my number. I'm going to make up a list. Yep. I've spoken to Glenn Searle about the inquiry, and I know that you presented to that last week. Yep. I did download that, but I haven't listened to it yet, mate. It's all right. But I'm, I'm going to make up a list mm. of people who have received a fine which they believe to be wrongly interpreted, mm. unfairly unjust to the person for the fine and the offence committed, and or which has nothing to do with road safety, and it's just revenue rates. Yep. Oh, mate, I'm 100% with you on that. We'll be back for the rest of this great chat right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. There are times when I've heard of guys getting fines in logbooks, say, for example, and just to pick a hypothetical example, but 
being knocked off in South Australia for something that they supposedly did in New South Wales by police in South Australia that have no jurisdiction in New South Wales. How can they knock you off for that? Yeah. It drives me crazy, this sort of stuff. And that was one of the reasons why I said to Glenn that we really should have a tribunal where we can send these things to to be adjudicated to streamline the process so that guys that travel multi-jurisdictionally like you and me can get a fair go, because I definitely don't think we get a fair go at the moment sometimes. Well, I raised this when the NHBR first came into operation, mm. and I said to them, if you are going to have a national regulator, then we shouldn't be required. We should be able to give video evidence to a central tribunal, mm. because they know that you won't go and fight a ticket in Melbourne when you live in Brisbane and vice versa, and they abuse that. Exactly right, yep. The one thing I will give them absolute credit for is that they are training all of their officers now to a national standard, mm. And that they are being told that the, the law is there to be used to educate, not just to punish. Mm. So I am hoping that that will see a change, although I must admit I've got to write to them and seek clarification on that because there's a bit of talk about that they're saying they're pushing everything to courts now, and I think that that's a backward step. Yeah, so do I. That just makes it life harder for everyone, I think. Yes, and it increased the cost to the community. Mm. The three of us now that I've got working on these tickets, you lose respect for the people that are giving them out. Mm. Now, coppers have a hard job, but I don't want to be a copper. I don't want anybody holding a gun at my head and trying to shoot me. Mm. And they do protect our communities from rapists and murderers, and they've got that on their own, and it's a bugger of a job. But I just want them to treat us fairly, and if they won't, then they should only be able to give us speeding tickets or the like. Yeah, well, if it's a straight traffic offence, that's one thing. But if logbook offences and load restraint issues and things like that, that's something entirely different. I believe so. Mm. And it's got to be fair and just, mate. And at the moment, I don't think it is. Yeah, well, we all know what Colin Wilson had to say about fair and just, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> and anyone that wants to know can get on YouTube and they can find out for themselves. Mate, I was blown away when I discovered that you'd been written up for a logbook offence because of the situation that you and you know, people like you and me are in. We advocate for road safety all the time and for us to break the rule and get caught, that's not a good look. No, and, and look, we're human, mate. We do make mistakes. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. You don't go out with the intent to do that, but what's the alternative? That's where this discussion of EWDs is all well and good. But they're going to hang you as soon as you pull up. You're not going to get a chance. The tickets are all going to be written for you. And when they pull up, it's just going to, well, here they are, and you'll get them all on Monday. That has always been one of the downsides that I've pointed out when I first started writing about them a couple of years ago. There's always going to be an issue with that. I cannot see any driver allowing himself to get into a situation where he knows he's just going to get the automated ticket in the mail. They just won't stand for it. No, I don't think that's good for anybody, mate. I really don't. No, you're right. All right, mate, well, I better let you keep making a mile. You sound good out there anyway, mate. You just keep it straight. Yes, mate, I've just found a, uh, a guide post with some green reflectors on it that somebody's knocked over, <laughs> so I'm going to jump out quickly, straighten it up. Right, mate, good on you. You take care out there, and I'll chat to you later on. Thanks, Rod. All the best, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, 
please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. This is Dane Sharp and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy on the Big Rig Road Show. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Morning, Mike. It's wet, hot and humid here in Brizzy. How are things down your way? Wet, hot and humid, mate. I'm on the way to Bris Vegas to entertain the people up there this afternoon. Oh, are you? Yeah. You're going to give us a wave on the way through? I might. <laughs> I'll make sure I use all my fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be nicer this time. Absolutely. <laughs> Before we get started here, a word of warning. Right. In this day and age where marriages don't seem to last as long as they used to, yep. a mate of mine just went through a messy divorce and at the hearing the judge said he was awarding his ex-wife $1,000 a month. Mm. My mate was blown away by this and he thanked the judge for his generous offer saying he'd be happy to chip in a few dollars as well. <laughs> I'll chip in as well. Yeah. <laughs> Decent bloke. Decent bloke. Don't know why she left him. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's kick on. I believe you've got some breaking news, buddy. I do. Breaking news. Well, that saves me having to look for a sound effect, doesn't it? Does I'm good at it. Yes. All right. The Brisbane Heavy Vehicle Industry Australia Truck Show is going ahead as announced. It is going to happen. We have it now in black and white. They've said it's going to happen on May the 13th to the 16th this year. They're stressing this decision's not been made lightly due to the COVID-19 concerns. But since a lot of the people on the board of the HBIA are all display people at the show and they're all heavily invested in it, they all understand the financial risk. Mm. They're saying it's going to go ahead. There may be COVID restrictions. If you're going to be a distributor, get yourself informed about what's going on. But that just happened, mate. Just now. I've just heard that news as we speak. Oh, well, that's great news. Well, hopefully there'll be at least a few of the exhibitors left <laughs> that'll be turning up. <laughs> No, no, it's going to be good, mate. It's a biannual show. Yep. It's just incredible. You've really got to be there to get the feel of it, mate. I plan on taking you there. I'll buy you a pie. Yeah, I'm looking at another pie. Beautiful. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I might even buy you a Forex, mate. Make it a great northern and you've got to win. All right. Yeah. Couple of great northerns. Beautiful. All right, mate. 21 donated shipping containers have been trucked to Corriong in Victoria to assist victims of last year's horrendous bushfires yep. with a team of Good Samaritans transporting the containers to those in need. Yeah, they have. They've been dropping them off at Corriong and everything up there. It's been pretty hot and dusty. One of these great things, transport companies coming together yeah. to help people in the bush, like we did with the water run, like 50 for a farmer, like the bar and buttock hay runners. The transport industry gives a lot to the community, and it's only fair to recognise these guys. I see some of the names, Kale Transport, the Edamoga Rail Hub at Wodonga, Dare Sand, National Twing, Ella Arthurs, High Hall, Freestones. Everyone's involved in this. And I can only say thank you to the likes of Kales because Cahill's donated the transport for all of our IBCs that we used from Schutz, who donated them, down to Sydney so we could fill them with water. Yeah. They do it and they do it and they do it. Congratulations to them. Read the full story in Big Rig's newspaper. Yeah, more power to them. It's a good thing. Yeah. Mate, it's been reported that drivers have been denied access to some grain corp sites' showers due to supposed COVID-19 risks. Yeah, yeah, like you're just going to catch COVID-19 in the shower. I don't want to belittle the consequences of COVID-19. Hmm. I'm well and truly on the record of how I feel about it and all the rest of it. But the fact of the matter is it's a virus. We've got to learn to live with it. We have chain of responsibility provisions in the heavy national vehicle law to require named parties to identify and control safety risk. Yep. But they also have to provide amenities for drivers. Now, the reality of it is a lot of these... I you know, use the reality of it is... 
<laughs> you can cut it out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is that a lot of these grain corp sites are in areas that aren't around the corner from anywhere. Mm. And these guys go out there and sometimes they've got to queue up and wait to unload their grain and all the rest of it. Where are they going to go to the toilet? Where are they going to have a shower? Yeah. We're human beings. We've been told we're essential. Yeah. And sometimes people aren't treating us this way. Grain Corp need to get their act together and do something, even if it's only putting port-a-loos and open-air showers or something. Yeah. How much does it cost you to go to Austrail and buy a tent yeah. and put a shower in it? Yeah. If they're so worried. I have not heard of one verified case of a coronavirus transfer from a truck driver to anyone else. Nor have I. If someone out there correct me, I'm happy to hear it. Mm. But till I do, Grain Corp, get your act together. Yeah. I'm going to give you a brick bat. Absolutely. All the most basic of needs that need to be met. That's right. There you go. Mike, a truckie who became permanently incapacitated as a result of a back injury from a defective driver's seat yes. is set to receive nearly a million dollars in compensation. He is. Daniel Peebles, 2014, he suffered a spinal disc protrusion and a herniation due to the negligence of his employer because they required him to drive a truck with a defective driver's seat. They went to the Court of Appeals and they finally won the settlement and they've won 967000 and some odd dollars for him. He's only a young bloke. He's only 32. Wow. So he had a whole career in front of him. And companies don't want to change driver's seats because it costs a lot of money to change a seat. Mm. And if you want to buy a good one, it can cost you know several thousand dollars to buy a good one. But what price someone's health? Yeah. Some of these companies need to sit up and take notice. I'm pleased to see that there's been a settlement for this guy. Sorry for his ongoing pain, but I don't think a million dollars at 32 is really going to uh, see him out. Somehow he's going to have to sort of find something else to do, poor bugger. And uh, you know, I feel his pain. I really yeah. do. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, but it's not going to spread so far over the course of a lifetime, is it? No, it's not. You can't even buy a house for a million dollars in Sydney. So mm. anyway. Yeah. Now you've got a couple of other things you wanted to talk about. Well, we want to talk about the Urban Trucking Association recently. They've just had their election. Yes. And our friend Angela Welsh from Straight Shot has been re-elected. And Darren Johnson has been elected as an owner-driver representative as well. Good on him. Angela's a great lady, and I'm happy to see her retain her role at the council. Yeah, and her role again was the small fleet operator representative, I think, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just got one other thing that's very, very, very important. Hmm. Old mate Steve Corcoran from the Transport Inquiry podcast. Yep has put in a submission to the parliament to have a petition recognised calling for a royal commission into deaths of heavy vehicle operators or transport sector workers on the road. Mm. That petition has been verified by the parliament and is now a thing. So if you go to the Transport Inquiry podcast on Facebook, he's got all the links there to that and you can go to the petition and you can sign the petition Basically, the story of it is, is that 173 Australian workers were killed at work in 2020. 51 of those were professional truck drivers serving Australia. Mm. The petition says, We therefore ask the House to launch a Royal Commission to investigate the ongoing fatalities of truck drivers who are designated essential workers as a matter of national importance and report the link between current road safety outcomes and the repeal of the Road Safety Remuneration Act 2012. I 100% support this petition. I have signed it. I encourage anyone who has an interest in the transport industry to sign it. It is time that some of these questions got answered. Certainly is. Okay. Certainly is. Well, that's all I've got. Is that all you've got? That's all I've got. Okay. 
It's good night from me. <laughs> it's good night from him. <laughs> See, I've got that joke now, mate. <laughs> well bit done. slow, bit slow, bit slow. It was worth the wait. <laughs> See ya. See ya, buddy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com Hey everyone, Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which of course I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truck land. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers, and take care of you. I just got up with Trevor Warner here again. We're having a bit of a talk about something that I brought up at the Senate inquiry the other week, and that was getting a little bit of extra length in the rules so that we could have decent-sized sleepers so that guys on the road, like long-distance drivers, could maybe whack in a chemical toilet or, God forbid, even a shower like some of the big sleepers they have in the States. Trev mentioned to me something I didn't know, and that is that you can actually have a 27-metre truck, and they do allow for more space, but you've got to pay the bribe. Tell us about it, Trev. G'day, Mike. Yeah, isn't it funny? Uh, the more money you got, the more freedom you got. Yeah. Two and a half years ago, I was at an annual general meeting of the National Road Freighters Association. We had a bunch of politicians there, and Pauline Hanson rocked in, and she was sitting there with great interest. And I stood up, and I, and I said, well, how come Western Australia has got a rule of 27.5 metres on, on a B-double from bull bar to back doors? And yet over here on the East Coast, we can only go to 26 metres, and they all sat there, look a little bit dumbfounded, and Anyway, I said, I've made a few phone calls and according to the NTC, we've got a, an Australian design rule. Mm. So there's an exemption to that design rule, which allows us to go up to 26 metres, but it's only over on the East Coast. On the West Coast, they've chosen to do their own thing. Mm. So it led my inquiries down a little rabbit hole and I discovered that, as you said, with the stroke of a pen, they can allow the 27.5 metre rule to be Australia-wide. Mm. Now, just before Christmas, NHVR advised me that there is now a 27 metre rule on the East Coast, but the proviso is that your truck's got to be, or your prime mover's got to be road train registered in Queensland, which is approximately three and a bit thousand dollars extra. Right. So same set of trailers, same freight, but just $3,000 extra rego for your prime mover and you can go to 27 metres. Just amazing how much safer everything becomes when you pay the fee. That's it. And that's that's what baffled me. And as soon as I heard about it, I thought, oh, yeah, great. Finally, we've got something across the line. But then we've gone and read the fine print. Hmm. 
And it's like, oh, hang on, no, you've got to stick to this particular route. You haven't got general access, so that means you can't go into this place and load. It just became a myriad of challenges. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, so what we really do need is someone to actually have a look at all these regulations and draw the ones that exist together, make the stroke of the pen that I and others have called for, and just make it legal for everyone. It's pointless if we don't have general access, though, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. The main reason, we sat and looked at and think, who's going to benefit from this? And hmm. what we're seeing now on the East Coast is more of what we call pocket road trains. Yeah. Then there's the odd B triple getting around. But if you've come up from Melbourne, this new rule allows a company to use the same prime mover to run both trailers into their depot. Hmm. Now, that applies to a 19-metre combination as well. Hmm which allows you to go to 20 metres. So you can have two trailers the same length and you can use the, the same prime mover where under the current non-road train rule, you can't use that prime mover. You've got to use a shorter prime mover yeah. to fit into that 19 metres. You can run your road train up and down the road and then when you split it up, if you drop your dog trailer and your dolly off and you've got a larger prime mover as the road train guys that run out the bush and that tend to have a little bit larger prime movers, then all of a sudden, if they're a little bit over length, once they've dropped that trailer off and that dolly off, they're over length. But if they leave the dolly on, they're fine. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Mind-blowingly stupid, isn't it? It is. It is. And when you try to talk to somebody to find out why is this so, mm. they all blame the ADRs, Australian Design Rules. Of course they do, yep. So when you go to the ministers who control the Australian design rules, they go, oh, yeah, that's them, but it's up to each individual state whether they apply those rules, and that's when the penny dropped. Mm. Well, Western Australia's just gone, you know, to hell with you guys over on the East Coast. We're going to do our own thing over here, and that's how we end up with this multi-jurisdiction, multi-regulation, no-one knows where they stand mm. because it's this merry-go-round of ADRs and state control power. Yeah, well... You know, as you're fully aware, I'm going over the West very shortly and I've done a little bit of research and obviously I ran the paddock there for three and a half years and got to see a few things. And it just seems to me no surprise that the good people of Western Australia don't want to adopt the rules that we have to endure here on the East Coast because why would you want to? That's right. Why would you want to? Mm. I used to run bananas out of North Queensland over to Perth and a lot of other drivers that I've spoken to as soon as you get to Border Village and you've had your breakfast and you launch it off into into WA, mm. you feel 50 kilos lighter because you've <laughs> left all the regulation at the border. Uh, you, so you used to run bananas or you used to go bananas, mate? Bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of both. You've got to be bananas, I think, sometimes in this industry. Some of the stuff just does not make any sense, does it? No, nah, no, nah, that's right. You've got to be a cool banana. That's right. You do have to be a cool banana. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. One other thing I wouldn't mind getting on for a couple of minutes, the change of direction from the NHBR about the electronic logbooks, mate. What the hell's going on there? What do you know? Do you know something I don't? Well, I do, but it's the hottest potato I've seen in the industry for a long time. Yep. We've got nothing official, but I did receive a notice to protect myself lawfully. Yep from the developer i'm using an app called smart e-driver yes it's the one you can just download from the app stores and run on a smartphone or a tablet mm. it's the cheapest version in the market and i was talking to the developer about a bug that i may have found and then he said this is now a problem 
And he explained it to me and I went, well, where does that leave us legally? He said, well, we're not too sure yet, but I'm going to send you this piece of paper that if you do get intercepted, that's your clearance that you're operating under their trial or demo program. Right. So it's really thrown a lot of confusion. We're expecting clarification off the NHVR by close of business Friday, the latest, but nothing's come through. So mm. I made a phone call and NHVR compliance or fatigue management expert, Andreas, yeah. said, well, at this stage, if you're operating under your original approval certificate, which is what I am, you're covered and there's other things in the wind which they weren't able to talk about yeah and they would be making a public release very soon on it right eh? we'll have to look out for that so the circumstances were that when you changed from the paper log to the e-log you had to go and get an authorization letter that you would show the authorities if you were intercepted is that right when the product was released, it did have a few bugs in the system. And when I identified one, it was to do with the counting of hours. Yeah. I contacted the developer and I showed him all the data and, and they've gone, oops, you found a bug. So mm. they sent me a notice that there was a bug in the system and the breaches that it had generated weren't actually breaches. It was just the way the system was working. Mm. So my logbook pages and my work and rest time, it was all legal, but the electronic work diary didn't quite have the mathematics right. So mm. the law enforcement on the, the roadside, they wouldn't know any different. They'd just see a whole list of breaches and go, oh, look at this fella, look, you know, yeah. look what we've got here. And got the penny up. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I've had that for quite a while, but all those bugs have been fixed. Yes. And this was a new one that popped up during the week, mm. and they sent me an updated version of that get-out-of-jail-free letter. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it, mate. Yeah, we'll have to. It's developing pretty quickly. I did have another driver during the week contact me asking me about a particular question. He was using one of the name brand mm. standalone units or about, I think you're running a similar one. Yeah. And it actually had logged him uh, 80 kilometres from where his actual location was. So oh, yeah. Yep. He was panicking over that. Yeah. But that's an issue that they'll have to work out. I think it's to do with the GPS system. Yeah, it is. And it's something that's been going on for a little while. They sometimes get a little bit inaccurate for some reason. Who knows why? Like technology. This is one of the reasons why I believe we will never have autonomous trucks because half the time you can't even hook your Bluetooth up properly. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I'm afraid I wouldn't have faith in it at the moment. No, that's right. And, and I did read an article where Uber in America, they were looking at developing an autonomous truck for their fleet and they've, they've abandoned that idea. Yeah, well, that's a surprise. I mean, that's a whole can of worms, mate. We get them a whole hour on autonomous vehicles. <laughs> Certainly. Mate, I'm going to let you go because I know you're on a break and I know that you need to have a break and I know that you need to get back and do your job. I don't want to keep you from it. Yes, mate. Time's ticking by. I've still got a few miles in front of me yet. Well, you keep it safe out there, brother, and I'll see you on the road. I will, mate. You take it easy. Talk to you. My heart and my life is inextricably linked to Ireland. On a recent trip to the Emerald Isle, I visited my favourite cafe. It's called Bewley's and it's located on Grafton Street in the heart of beautiful Dublin. The mall outside Bewley's is famed for its lively atmosphere and colourful buskers. Here's two of those buskers who were playing the mall that day I last visited. The amazing guitarist-vocalist Fabio Rodriguez and the gorgeous voice of Irish songbird Ali Sherlock. Isn't she lovely? 
that brings us to the end of another On The Road show. We hope you enjoyed it. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free of speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions.